Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. And we are again bringing another episode live from ITC in Vegas. Uh, you will have to forgive some of the audio quality from some of these episodes. And <laughs> during this episode, we had some uh, cool interruptions at the end. Uh, you'll hear more about that. Uh, if you didn't see the video on LinkedIn, we had a cool interruption. But uh, this is a great episode. Lots of cool content. I could not do this without my sponsors in Smart Choice, Canopy Connect, and Cover Desk. Uh, Smart Choice is the fastest growing agency network for a reason. No lengthy contracts, no setup fees, no upfront fees. Uh, they also share in bonus and contingencies. Smartchoiceagents.com. Go check it out. Cover Desk uh, is uh, your one place uh, you should go for virtual assistance. They train them in our space. They know our business and they do an incredible job. I've had firsthand experience with them lately and I highly recommend CoverDesk.com. Tell them I sent you. Lastly, uh, Canopy Connect. Uh, my good friends over at Canopy Connect been with me since day one. They are your one-click solution to getting those deck pages you need to quote your prospects. Go to usecanopy.com backslash Heath. Get your discount. Schedule a demo. It is absolutely incredible the things that they are doing. Now, back to today's episode live in Vegas. I've got Nicole Myers from Swiss Re. Uh, yeah, we get into all kinds of cool conversations about underwriting, about the industry, about her passions, about my passions. Uh, we get interruptions. We get all kinds of stuff. It's a quick, fun episode, but I think you're really going to love it. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Nicole Myers. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we are live at Insure Tech Connect again, day two. And I'm here with my friend Nicole Myers from Swiss Re. What's going on, Nicole? Well, not much. Just casual trip to Vegas with 5,000 of my closest friends. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's a little overwhelming, isn't it? It's a lot of people. It really is. I mean, a lot of people. It's a lot of insurance energy. <laughs> it is. And, and a lot of, I saw in the, one of the cards that came that gave us was uh, buzzword bingo. Have you seen that yet? Not yet. Dude, it cracks me up. There's a lot of buzzwords being thrown around. Uh, and I've heard a lot of them recording, you know, a gazillion podcasts over the last two days. So well, hopefully you can buzz me if I, if I throw too many buzzwords yeah, out there. There you go. That, that uh, I think I should win that bingo game for <laughs> sure. Uh, I think I'm going to put a, a jar here. You had to put a quarter in or a dollar every time, every time you say a buzzword. That'd be fantastic. So, uh, but what is one of the things that you're hoping to get out of being here uh, at InsurTech Connect? Yeah, that's, a, that's great. Listen, I'm super happy to be back in person. Yeah. That's, that is my number one thing. There's a lot of conversations that I feel like I've started over the last 18 months over the phone, right? Through video yeah. that it's just time to bring them to the next level. Sure. So I'm super happy to see some old friends, to make some new friends. I love just running into random people. And, yeah. Um, I'm, I focus on the life side. So I play a lot of, is this a PNC conversation? You know? Yeah. Um, a lot of so if it is and you back out. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, just really looking to make connections right now, figure out what's kind of coming around the corner in terms of yeah. the tech and then deepen some of the relationships we have that are, that are ready for that. Yes. Yeah, Swiss Re is a, a big animal. Uh, a lot of people, as we talked about earlier in the, uh, in the insurance space, know who Swiss Re is and know what you're about. But I didn't realize you even had a life division. So yeah. that's pretty interesting. Um, tell me about you. 
go back as far as you want. Not like diapers and get weird or anything, but go back a few <laughs> years. Tell me how you got into how you got into business, what that looked like, where were you at beforehand? Yeah. So I got into insurance insurance like the honest way, right? By accident. Oh yeah. So it's all of us. Do. Yeah. Um, I actually grew up outside of Hartford, Connecticut, about 20 months outside, which was at one time the insurance capital of the world. Yeah, it was. I swore I would never go into insurance. Yeah. I, uh, famous last words. Yeah, absolutely. By everyone. Everybody. I uh, I was in Rhode Island. I was in social really? work. Yeah. Okay. And I wanted to go back to school and get a master's degree. I needed normal hours. Yeah. I was working seven days a week. And um, my friend said, hey, I can get you into a call center at MetLife in Warwick, Rhode Island. So I started on the phones and agent support. And agents would call up and be like, I sold this policy 15 years ago. I have no idea what it is. Oh, wow. They're coming in in 10 minutes. Tell me everything about it. I learned, so I learned insurance on the fly, right? Yeah. I used to do, um, I got licensed to do equity trades for them. Yeah. Um, All the beneficiary, the ownership, the claims, all that kind of back office stuff used to support agents. And then I slowly, not very slowly, but looking back, I moved into case management and then I thought I'd go into sales actually. Really? My RVP was hunting me and I used to be in the office very late at night and my chief underwriter at the time, who's an incredible guy, we were like the nine to six thirty people, right? Yeah. All the other underwriters were like beat feet at three forty-five, yeah. but we were still there. I said, "Hey, listen, I think I'm going to go take my CLU. I'm going to do yeah. a sales track." He was like, "Absolutely not! You're going into underwriting, and that's the end of the story." And here I am. There you go. So that is how I ended up being an underwriter. So he talked you out of the sales thing. He talked me out of the sales thing, but I love salespeople. They have my heart. So I'm a classically trained underwriter, but I'll always be a salesperson. I was about to say, that is the first I've heard that. Most underwriters hate the salesperson and the salesperson hates the underwriter. You have a good, you know, beef there, but, um, you know, you feel like uh, there's a good, there's a good chemistry there in your mind. Sales isn't everything, but it's always the first thing. (laughs) Sure. Um, I, until we actually bridge the divide between underwriting and sales, I don't know that we're ever going to make the strides we really need to make, right? What does that look like in your mind, bridging that gap? Oof. So one is um, probably through technology, right? Like common technology. I think we need more of an open dialogue. I understand the need for walls between risk. Like I was, I, so I used to run field underwriting for MetLife's direct-to-consumer channel back when, back in the day. Um, yeah. But I reported through a sales channel, right? So okay. it was like Fox Garden, the hen house type of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I had, I had yeah. agent compliance and agent education, but you know, at the end of the day, it was a sales channel. So there's a tension there and I respect that tension and it's necessary to keep people honest because sure. we all want to put more business on the books, but it needs to be good business at the end of the day. But we have to figure out how we have a better common dialogue. We share better platforms. We share requirements, right? So there's, there's a, that's definitely a space I'd like to see more, more melding, I guess. Yeah. Would you think that there'd be more, or we need more accountability between the two? Yeah, on both sides. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Absolutely. And listen, this comes from underwriters making good decisions the first time. Right? Sure. As well as agents being honest. Right. <laughs> and collecting the correct data or clean yes, data. Right. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. You know, I, I remember an agent calling up and being like, 
there is no way that this insured is, you know, standard because she's super cute and I would date her. I'm like, that is not. Yeah, wait a you minute. You don't call your underwriter up with this stuff. Right. And the flip side is if that underwriter came out with an offer that should have been better out of the gate, they need to do that. Sure. So that the honesty and the integrity on both sides, the thinking about the fact that there's a person that you're writing a policy on, we're not moving widgets. Like these are real humans who need real protection. We all need that as our common goal. But as you know, my audience and myself, even, you know, again, I come from a life and health background. My dad's been in it forever. But the the mindset for me anyway has always been that underwriting for life insurance is more of a black and white thing. It's more of if you fit the weight class, you fit this number, you mm. check these boxes, you're healthy, you get life insurance. If you don't, you don't. Yeah. But you're saying there's a lot of gray in there. Not gray, but there is. there's a lot of movement and some things that can happen to change Absolutely. underwriting. Listen, we, so it's not as black and white as I think. Not at all. I, you know, the for as complicated as the human is, yeah. underwriting that human is super complicated sure. too, right? And there is a lot of gray. There's a lot of um, understanding what the holistic picture is with that person. And the movement right now in the wellness space is something that actually really supports that. I think underwriters have always known intrinsically that if your doctor's records are talking about you drinking a case of beer every night, right? just because you aren't diagnosed with an alcoholic doesn't mean you don't have a problem, right? How do you prove that a person's lifestyle actually impacts our mortality? We all know we should eat better, exercise more, drink more water, and get some sleep, right? We know that. We sure. Know that. But traditionally, that's stuff that wasn't really included in underwriting. And we're finally getting to the place where we can pull that stuff in in terms of guidelines. Using certain data that we got in the agency already and MIB reports and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Speaking of MIB, I was there for a little while too. It's a great company. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so is it legitimate though, if someone, you know, if you don't tell your doctor, say you were a smoker for 20 years, but you don't tell them that you quit, it's going to stay in your MIB mm. report and tell you to well, let them know or... You know, you got, you know, you recovered from a, an issue or you had something else going on. You have to report some of that to your doctor to get in your MIB. So MIB is interesting, right? Because it's actually, um, it facilitates the exchange of data between carriers. Okay. So if I, as an underwriter, find something in a person's underwriting file, I would code that to MIB. And then the next carrier, if that person comes back and applies, would be able to see that code. So what they're actually getting is like a point in time reference. The underwriter found something. This sure. is roughly how it might have been treated, and then this is when they this is when it was actually coded. Um, so it, you can, as a consumer, go in and actually have your file altered or, or challenge it. Sure. They're like a they function like a credit reporting agency. They sure do. Yeah. Um, but it's you know that the the context and the perspective is always taken into consideration from an underwriter just because something was coded doesn't mean it's still there it hasn't been resolved because right. that comes up in underwriting with mm -hmm. life insurance a lot yeah and it and the way that mib is it exists the underwriter has to have a second form of validation in order to make a decision off of it so that should make consumers actually feel really good that they right. can't just take it blindly right they actually do need to make sure that that's that's cooperated somewhere else this is really where digital clinical data steps in and all this really cool health data that we're starting to grab pieces of and bring into underwriting. And we're figuring out how to use it and the hit rates are climbing on it, but it's a really rich source of being able to validate, you know, who are you and what's your health look like? Yeah. So uh, was that why you're here at Intertech to find some of that, those people and trying to, you know, look for integrations? Are you just looking to just come and hang out and have a good time? What's, what's, uh, 
<laughs> I mean, I haven't been to Vegas in like a year and a half. Right. So yeah. Good um, excuse. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm absolutely here interested in uh, vendors who are bringing new data in. So there's some, yeah. there are some vendors here who have some interesting sources of data that we might yeah. be able to pull in. I'm super interested in uh, predict modeling, right? So what are the analytics? Um, and I'm always kind of keeping an eye across technology for what's new, right? Just like what's new in terms of experience that's being yeah. built. Um, and we, you know, there's carriers here that, that it's great to see them. Other reinsurers, you know, gotta, gotta yeah. size up the competition. You got to. Out there. There's nothing wrong with that <laughs> at all. So again, back to my audience being a lot of PNC, uh, there's, there is commonalities there. And you and I talked about this, you know, um, you know, about your, some of the things that bug you in the industry and about, you know, whether you're PNC or life and health, there's an aging underwriting group yeah. and, yeah. uh, there's a lack of education that we both feel like needs to be there. Uh, you want to talk to that a little bit? Yeah, this is this is my number one. This is the drum that I'm beating all the time right now. There you now, go. Right? Yeah. Um, I've spent, <clears throat> I spent a good portion of my career working on either bringing in data or building automated systems for carriers, right? Automated underwriting engines. And it's great to be able to produce a straight through decision and, you know, make like make that experience very quick and point of sale, but there's always going to be cases that need to be touched by a human. And we have to start thinking about the world in which those human underwriters actually live, right? So if we're just going to keep like creaming off the great stuff and dumping increasingly complicated cases on our underwriters, all while they're retiring or being poached to other companies, because sure. there's just a crisis of talent right now, you're going to burn a lot of people out. We're going to have the good people. No matter what age they are. No matter what age they are. The right. good people who are going to be left behind are going to have the burden on their shoulders of trying to make sense of all of this new data and technology and these complicated cases. So we need to start thinking, you know, we, we have to continue the track of getting as much straight through as possible. I'm, I'm not anti-technology, right? We got sure. to do that. We have to automate. We need the predictive models. We need the data. But we have to also turn our gaze and say, how can we take all of these tools we're developing and make sure that we're creating models and ecosystems that underwriters live in that actually help them make good decisions, right. that make them feel supported and not just burned out, right? That's, that's going to be absolutely critical in the future. We're going to be in an even worse crisis than we're in right now. Well, the other thing would be to help them also feel like they're being... Uh, helped out or Absolutely. it's enhancing this is a discussion we've had all week is that you know the fear is that underwriters csrs account managers positions like that traditionally in an agency or a, car or a carrier are going to be obsolete in several years because of all the technology but i'm a believer it sounds like you are too as my wife is you know it's just more here to enhance oh, yeah. what we're doing yeah. and you know, that fear uh, of go ahead the, the future is distinctly human I mean, if you look at all of the automation, all of the things that are going on right now, the jobs that are most likely to be around, right, are the ones that touch human beings. Sure. So stop worrying about moving the widgets. That's what robotic process automation is for, right? And start thinking about how you develop those relationships as an underwriter with your agent, as an underwriter to your customer, right, to your peers. Like, and how do we make sure that the systems that they work in do support them and do nudge them in the right direction? That's the critical path, right? We can't, we can't just automate at or dump information at our underwriters. We have to innovate with them, right? Yeah. 
No, I completely agree with you. Uh, and it's been you know, a challenge, especially, you know, when we are fighting, you know, the workforce right now and yeah. people being attracted other directions and we're yeah. trying to pull them into. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I can work remote anywhere. I'm going to pack my shit and leave. Yeah. Right? Like I'm going to go. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to work in this crap system that you built or yeah. get yelled at every day because <clears throat> I'm not supported. Yeah. I can go somewhere else. I can take my talents and leave. We don't want that. We need we need good people. We have a yeah. lot of jobs opening in insurance. Sure. A lot of jobs that are opening in insurance. And we need to fill them with the absolute best and brightest and support we have. Yeah. And we see a lot of movement between shops right now, too. The carriers coming in and snapping up 10, 20 people out of a shop. I mean, that's think about the impact and the team that's left behind. That's a hole in your team. Yeah, right? It really is. So. so if you were to talk right now to agents. PNC agents, life and health agents, whatever it might be. And we talked to this place of data and providing clean data, good data, complete data for underwriters, whether it's life or PNC. What advice would you tell? What would you tell people? It's, it, this is about doing right by your client. Yeah. 100% of the time you're doing right by your client and creating transparency right from the start is actually what's going to be the bridge into having a long lasting relationship with your client, right? Yeah. Transparency, when you look at their research, people who buy things kind of full stop say they would rather buy from companies who are fully transparent. They know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. I've sat in the focus groups for insurance agents and I've heard people say things like, well, if I had a used car salesman and I had an insurance agent, I would trust the used car salesman. That breaks my heart. Wow. That breaks my, it, uh, it breaks my that heart. Hurts. We sell products that protect people. Yes. That save their homes. Not a car that's going to break down in a month. No, it uh. breaks my heart, but it's because of the lack of transparency through the years. And it sure. only takes a couple of bad actors to kind of be pervasive well, in terms yeah. of reputation. But that is what it's all about. And I know, I will say this to agents as well. I know that carriers haven't made it super easy on them. I get that. There's a lot of hiccups with technology and new data where this is why we have to open up the channels of communication, right? So that the agent can actually communicate clearly and transparently and feel like they have some ownership in that process to keep their client engaged. They own that relationship in the long term, right? Yeah, they do. You want to do right by that person. You sure do. Um... And when you do get out there and you say, oh, we'll just make him, you know, a little bit taller and a little bit, you know, thinner, that's not helping the situation. No, it's not helping the situation. Uh, you know, we'll flip-flop the numbers or we'll do this <laughs> or that. Uh, and they, that game's still played a little bit. Listen, I have all sorts of stories about it. It's more than just the agents who do that, too. Everybody, hey, we're all a little taller and a little lighter in our own minds. Right? So. Oh, yeah. No, I get it. But hey, listen, the carriers also need to understand that the questions that they're asking are, can be tough on people. Yeah. We know I recently applied for insurance. I mean, you're asking me a question about something that's going on 20 years ago. An astronaut just walked in the room. By the yes, way. they did. So. The, the glove box astronaut just walked in um, and interrupted. Uh, so. An astronaut literally carrying a football. Yeah, it, yeah it's, yes. it's not weird. Not weird yeah, it's all. not weird at all. So yeah, the Matheson just walked in, and so uh, the glove box crew. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is funny. So 
Now back to so insurance. Insurance, <laughs> right? Not space people, but insurance. But anyhow, so no, I really appreciate you coming and hanging yeah, out with it us. Was great to have Let's talk about contact information, yeah. things like that. Uh, I'd love for you to leave some of that information, and if people want to follow up with you, I'm I'm all over LinkedIn. Um, all awesome. The time. I'm happy for people to reach out. My name has an H and it's spelled M Y E R S, so it's N I C H O L E. Yeah. So it's Nicole Myers. It is Nicole Myers at Swissery. There you go. Um, and yeah, super happy to have the conversation. Not awkward at all. Not awkward at all. It's, I don't know what, what the hell's even going on, but that's what you get. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah, it probably will be. So it's kind of fun. Uh, you know, it's some of my favorite people in the industry just walked in and ruined the entire podcast. But uh, it was a thanks, Andy. Moment. I appreciate that. It's going to play uh, better on video. It, it will. <laughs> It'll definitely be better. Uh, but it was fun. Thanks a lot, yeah, everyone. Thanks it was a lot. A pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Insurance Town. I really hope that the content we brought you helped you become a better insurance professional. Uh, Nicole has really uh, quickly become a friend of mine and Stacy's, and we uh, very appreciate her dearly. And we hope that you. Uh, we'll reach out to her, learn more, or just enjoy this conversation. If you're enjoying all of these conversations, please uh, reach out uh, Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. Tell me what you think. Uh, I'd like to continue to do two episodes a week. If there's something you're enjoying, please let me know. Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down on uh, LinkedIn or reach out to me, email me. I love reaching the mailbag and uh, getting all your email. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. And uh, guys, please uh, tune in Thursday. We've got another great episode live from ITC. Have a great rest of your week.